Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast. St Bride's is one of the most famous and historic churches in London. Behind me, just over that wall, you can still see the remains of a Roman pavement dating back to around 180 AD. And there's been a church on this site since the 6th century. So it's a privilege for us to be keeping alive that tradition and the message of Christ's love for all here today. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always a great pleasure to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details in the accompanying text. And now may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel.
be with you. A very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the third Sunday before Advent. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin now with an opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins. Confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Almighty Father, whose will is to restore all things in your beloved Son, the King of all, govern the hearts and minds of those in authority and bring the families of the nations divided and torn apart by the ravages of sin to be subject to his just and gentle rule, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey. And he cried, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God repented of the evil which he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 9, beginning at verse 24. Christ has entered not into a sanctuary made with hands, a copy of the true one, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself repeatedly, as the high priest enters the holy place yearly with blood not his own. For then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the age to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for men to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory, Lord, 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 Lord. 
After John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And passing along by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat, mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. The experience of lockdown was a time of immense challenge and uncertainty for all of us and tragically has had serious and sometimes even damaging consequences for many. But for some of us, it has also triggered some positive changes in our lifestyles and our priorities and to the pattern of our day. For example, it prompted me to start walking everywhere instead of using public transport, which has brought with it all kinds of benefits. And in addition to that, finding myself with more time than usual to attend to my spiritual life each morning, I got into the habit of reading about and reflecting upon religious works of art as part of my daily discipline of prayer which was great because sometimes a visual image can inform your reflections and challenge your assumptions about a well-known biblical story in a wonderfully new and creative way. And so it was that reading a book about religious art during lockdown, I chanced upon a painting by the artist John Riley, who died in 2010, which spoke to me so powerfully that I had to have it in my life, so I purchased a large copy of it printed on stretched canvas. The painting, which I shall share with you in a moment if you have visuals uh, as you're listening to us today, is directly connected with the theme of our gospel reading, which will be my starting point. Today's reading, taken from the very beginning of St. Mark's Gospel, describes the call of the first disciples. As we heard, Jesus is walking along by the Sea of Galilee, where he sees two sets of brothers who were fishermen, Simon and Andrew and James and John. Follow me, says Jesus, and I will make you fishers of men. And remarkably, they simply drop everything that they are doing and do precisely that. Let's just pause for a moment and think about that scene in a bit more detail. Imagine for a moment that Jesus happens to be strolling past Quick Fit in Croydon where he sees four men at work servicing cars and he says to them, follow me and you will be issuing MOT certificates in the kingdom of heaven. The biblical story really is that bizarre. Note first of all whom it is that Jesus calls. 
They are totally ordinary working men. They are not holy or wise or insightful, and they are certainly not educated. Quite the opposite. They are just mundane human beings like us, trying to earn a living, only without most of the privileges that we enjoy. And what is even more weird is that the disciples do exactly as he tells them. They drop everything and follow him. There is something about the person of Jesus, about his very presence, that is so compelling that they realize in that split second that this is what they must do. It is an incredibly powerful scene. And note also that what Jesus offers them when he calls them is not the prospect of a, an exalted and glamorous future, but rather that of doing what they're already doing, but doing it for God. They will continue to be fishermen in the new life to which he is calling them, but the fishing they will be doing will be of a wholly different order. These motifs are also picked up elsewhere in the Gospels. The story of the call of Simon, later called Peter, in Luke chapter 5, is similar, but also linked with the story of a miraculous catch of fish. In that story, Jesus gets into Simon's boat and asks him to put out a little from the land. From there, he addresses the crowd of people who were following him, who had gathered on the land. When Jesus has finished speaking, he tells Simon to go out deeper into the water and cast his nets. Simon is pessimistic, reporting that they've been fishing all night and have caught nothing, but nevertheless, he does as he is asked. The resulting catch of fish is so enormous that the nets are full to bursting, to the point where the boat is in danger of sinking. Simon is terrified, conscious that he is experiencing something that truly is of God. And what does Jesus say to him? Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. Think about the sequence of events in this story. Jesus begins by speaking to the people. Then he encourages the disciples to fish, even though they do so without any hope of results and the resultant catch far exceeds anything that they had ever thought possible. Again, as we see, it is linked with Jesus' charge to Simon to become a fisher of men. And by the way, apologies for the non-inclusive language. I have yet to find a satisfactory alternative translation. We find a different version of that story, the story of the miraculous catch of fish, at the end of St. John's Gospel, which takes place after the death and resurrection of Jesus. In this story, it is Simon Peter himself who decides to go out fishing, accompanied by some of the other disciples, but all night they catch nothing. At daybreak, the risen Christ appears on the shore and says to them, children, have you any fish? No, they reply. Cast your nets the other side, he says. And once again, the catch of fish is so enormous that they are unable to haul it in. 
So in these three stories from three different Gospels, we can see how the motifs of discipleship, ministry, and mission are all profoundly interconnected and woven around the themes of fishermen and fishing. Let me now turn to the painting that I mentioned earlier. The artist John Riley was fascinated by biblical stories and also, incidentally, he had a great love of the sea, which I think is apparent from the image that I'm about to share with you. But what interested him was not reproducing a literal interpretation of gospel scenes, but rather withdrawing out the spiritual significance of such stories for the onlooker. As you will see, this painting is stylized and abstract, but goodness me does it get to the very heart of the gospel story, drawing together so many of the themes we have touched on already, and more besides. You'll see themes to do with the integrity of creation and Jesus walking on the water, as our assistant Verger has just pointed out to me. There is so much there to find. So why do I love this painting quite so much? Firstly, I love the way in which the images of fish and human beings are so beautifully woven together and so integrally linked that you simply can't tell them apart. I love the fact that the Christ figure is clearly recognizable as human, like the disciples, yet glows with a wonderful ethereal light. He empowers them, but with a gentle, beautiful, life-giving power that simply flows out of him. I love the movement of the sea and the blaze of the sun illuminating the picture with a divine light. I love the fact that the fish motif, which binds the whole painting together, continues into the very heavens, where it is there, but just out of reach. A wonderful image of interconnectedness, reminding us that what we do on earth is profoundly connected with the life of heaven. But perhaps the thing that speaks mo most powerfully to me is this. Seen as a whole, you can delight in the wonderful coherence of this image, where everything is linked with everything else, giving each element within it identity and purpose. But seen close up, the picture is made up of strange little curved and irregular shapes, some of them very distorted and in dark and apparently rather unattractive colours. I find that quite a lot of what I do each day can sometimes feel as if I'm dealing with a series of unpromising, isolated, and sometimes rather ugly little fragments, because that is the nature of human life and human ministry. At times, it can be hard to see beyond that difficult encounter with the individual you find it so very hard to like or that boring administrative task, or the pastoral conversation that seems to be get, go, getting nowhere, in order to glimpse the bigger picture that in fact, and quite paradoxically, is made up of precisely those small, unpromising, and apparently inconsequential bits of life. I look at this painting every single morning as I prepare for each new day in order to remind me of that.
because this really is the stuff of ministry and the stuff of discipleship. That is why Jesus went out of his way to call the most unlikely and unsuitable people to be his closest followers. He called fishermen and tax collectors, not outstanding, super intellectual and exceptionally gifted and holy human beings, just folk like you and me, the broken and unpromising fragments that together create the true picture. So, when life feels dark and discipleship feels difficult, take heart. And when you find it hard to see beyond the fragments, try to remember that there is a bigger picture and remember and delight in the wonderful, glorious, beautiful wholeness of it all. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, True God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory, to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, you know us better than we know ourselves, and your wisdom and grace are boundless. Open our eyes to your presence as we walk the path that you have set before us each day. Open our hearts to feel the pain of your world and of your suffering children, and open our lives in response to your call to serve you in all that we do. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray for our world. We give thanks for the wonders of your creation. We pray in sorrow for our squandering and abuse of the earth's precious resources and for our failure to steward your gifts wisely and well. Guide us in all the decisions we make 
about how we live, what we have and what we can share, that we may learn to live in more sustainable ways to protect our planet and honour your creation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the leaders of the nations and for our own government and parliament. We pray that those in positions of power and authority may be guided by your spirit of justice and righteousness and may work to the benefit of all, especially those who are most vulnerable, those for whom life is a struggle, those who have no voice. We pray especially this day for the suffering people throughout the globe, remembering our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan, in the Lebanon, and in all other troubled parts of the world. We pray too for all journalists and for those who work in the media, especially those whose work puts them in situations of personal danger, those who work freelance, and those who struggle to make a living. We pray for all who write what many read and who have the power to shape public opinion by their words and images, that they may pursue their calling with truth and integrity. And we pray for the church throughout the world and for those entrusted with its leadership. We ask your blessing upon this Church of St Bride and upon all whom we seek to serve. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick and for the suffering, for those who will spend this day living with physical, mental or emotional pain or enduring any kind of anguish. We pray for those who are in our hospitals, in care homes, or convalescing at home. And we pray for the medical staff and those providing social care who look after them. And we continue to pray for all who are suffering from coronavirus, especially those whose lives are in danger this day, and those who are living with its long-term effects. Bless and support them with your healing love and grace, and help them to know <clears throat> your presence with them now. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who have died and for any who are dying now, for those whose year's mind falls at this time, and we remember those who mourn. Loving God, we commend into your hands those whom we have loved but see no longer. You gave them breath, and loved them throughout their earthly lives. Receive them now in your infinite tenderness, and give them peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. A prayer of St. Benedict. O gracious and holy Father, give us wisdom to perceive you, intelligence to understand you, diligence to seek you, patience to wait for you, eyes to behold you, a heart to meditate upon you, and a life to proclaim you, through the power of the Spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. For he is your living word. Through him you have created all things from the beginning and formed us in your own image. Through him you have freed us from the slavery of sin, giving him to be born of a woman and to die upon the cross. You raised him from the dead and exalted him to your right hand on high. Through him you have sent upon us your holy and life-giving spirit and made us a people for your own possession. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood. Who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies, 
We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table. But you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us.
Let us pray. O God of peace, whose Son Jesus Christ proclaimed the kingdom and restored the broken to wholeness of life, look with compassion upon the anguish of the world and, by thy healing power, make whole both people and nations through our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.